Hey guys, Jono and James, you had a bit of a glitchy start to the day, Jono. Your your computer was coming on and off. And Got look a at you. Start. Yeah, but look at you. You're very grounded. I was I was describing you to someone the other day and I went, oh, he's very grounded, but he works with the ground. So why wouldn't he be? Mm, mm. <laughs> I wanted actually I my my little um thing for this week is to talk about that study that you sent about um the results of regenerative agri and conventional farming in America, but we'll talk about that in a moment. What's here for you today, James? Ah, I wasn't actually, I was expecting you to carry on talking about Regen Ag for a wee minute and I wasn't even thinking. Um, <laughs> I guess I had the bloody flu this weekend. Oh. Not too James, bad. we don't have the flu anymore. <laughs> oh, did I have COVID? Well, or monkeypox or Marburg. Uh, I just had a bloody... Oh, I've still got a runny nose, but just had a um, sore throat and runny nose. I got it, uh, yeah, just got it just after I went up to that, uh, spoke at the counterspin event up in Dunedin. And then the next day I thought, oh, you know how it just usually just goes away. And then I got kind of worse. So then I just, I cancelled going down to the Invercargill one because I didn't really want to, just in case I was actually sick, I didn't really want to get anyone else sick, to be fair. Um, which is what we normally used to do, you know. If you get sick, you just don't try not to go spread it around the whole town and you a couple of days later you're right and you go back to living your life. Well, all you, you did, quite, because when I was a kid, we had like, you know, measles parties where our parents just like took us all around to get everyone sick so that they could be done with it. That's beautiful. And what happened when all those kids got sick was afterwards they, they were a lot stronger because they'd fought off the illness. Are you feeling, how are you feeling, James? Are you feeling still a bit sick today? You, can you feel your body's fighting it off? Okay. Oh, no, nah, sort of. Um, I went to work yesterday. Just just got, a, just got a bit of phlegm in there, but no, nah, I'm all right. I might have to send you down a big box of vitamin C, liposulfuric vitamin C. It's the go. I do take my <laughs> vitamins, but... Uh, I hate to say it, man, but you do look good. You're looking really sharp today. <laughs> he is i mean it it's like it's like i'm like bummed you know it's like how does this dude do it he looks so vital and sharp i was gonna that. i was gonna say the same about jono's hairdo i love the way have you noticed james every week jono has a different hairdo i actually quite i quite look forward to that first moment i see jono for our weekly i don't it's because i don't do anything with it as it grows it changes like like all of us as we grow we change and my hair like seriously like I, you know <laughs> you can just do anything with it this is this is my go-to here though just like that because really it feels nice to run my hands through it like that you know but um <laughs> this is the result of not washing your hair so i don't wash my hair no that's so good not with, tell us not about with, that not with shampoos no nah, i haven't used shampoo for years um it, I noticed it was crazy because everyone's like, it, it hit me as pretty absurd that we, so you use shampoo and my twin sister's a hairdresser. So I, I knew all about this stuff and, you know, I was sure, anyway, but so it's like, we well, use shampoo, strips all the oil out of your hair, strips the life out of your hair and the body out of your hair. And then you buy these other products to put it back. And I'm like, really doesn't make any sense. And so just stopped washing my hair with with um shampoo and conditioner not that i ever use conditioner but i used to use shampoo and i used to do the old two-in-one you know the men's two-in-one and then i just stopped and and like what happens is your hair gets all the good oils back in it and and you don't die and you don't stink i haven't used deodorant for years either um so yeah that's just my thing i i, I don't put yeah oh yeah I don't know how we got onto this topic, but yeah, I don't Jono, wash that's so interesting. So you you might just rinse it through with water, but that's enough. And oh, yeah, I love that. Yeah, problems. and like if I'm bathing, yeah. I, and, you know, I, I'm a big salts fan. Like I love checking my Epsom salts and my, you know, sodium bicarbonate and dead sea salt and other things. I've got like a bit of a repertoire of salts. Um, and, and I always put my head under in that as well. But um, no, I don't put, I don't, you read the ingredients of the, of the shampoo and conditioner you put in your hair and all the shit you put on your body it's like wool it's really horrible reading uh, reading the ingredients of commercial deodorants i use a, a really sort of natural one but yeah our bodies are designed really well to um 
to have systems to excrete toxins they don't want. But how do you stop the how do you stop the smell from yeah, yeah from from not having deodorant that typically they say men get? I only stink if I'm stressed. That's fascinating. So if I'm not stressed, you know, I can sweep, but it doesn't stink. Would it, but is that because you eat well as well, Jono? Like if you were eating KFC every night, you'd stink a bit because all that sh shite would be coming out of your, you know, out of your pores of your body. So you Possibly. eat a pretty good diet, don't you? Well, look, I, I do I probably better than some, but it's a bit like, it's a bit like if you, you know, how I was saying about, I don't know, maybe it was in a different discussion about looking at the least worst things, you know, like if you're, you're an athlete and you're comparing yourself to someone in a wheelchair, it's easy to feel like you're better than. So like I, with my diet, I'm probably better than someone that lives at the drive-through, mm -hmm. but I definitely wouldn't say I'm an athlete in that area. Mm -hmm. So I eat, you know, meat and vegetables. I, for the most part, eat once a day, just in the evening. But um, no, to me, it's the stress factor. It's um, it's actually stress that, because, you know, we've all been in those situations where you, uh, let's say, going to speak in an event, James, or Liz, you've got a, you know, show coming up and you're about to go live. It's like, what happens? Bang, you start sweating. And that's the, that's the stuff that stinks. And um, yeah, I just, if I'm not stressed, I just don't stink. That's really, I mean, to observe that, I had never thought of that. But I just realized, no, you know. John next time I <laughs> you sniff me anyway, James, let's be honest. You were looking for any dirt to dig up on me. Does he stink? Fuck, he stinks. <laughs> Listen, don't give the government ideas. Next they'll have, along with WorkSafe, they'll have SniffSafe. And they'll be putting out SniffSafe. Well, it's really like, it's, it's, <laughs> we're in a world now where body odor is offensive <laughs> how ridiculous is that it really yeah. is though isn't it yeah it's, it's like, crazy like, I'm, i mean i'm i'm going to really observe that if if i'm under stress do i smell differently i'd never thought of that but you know jono when you cry the the tears the chemicals in those tears are different from when you cry say from laughing a lot mm. so why wouldn't the chemical exudations under your arms be different when you're stressed or when you're calm mm. that makes a lot of sense mm. yeah that's a fascinating i never thought of that james have you have you ever noticed that you never get well, funny funny enough um uh recently i've just been i don't know why i've just been asking steph i was like oh what's in that what's in that like just and even the toothpaste like i just i've never really thought about that much but like Lately, the toothpaste we've been using has just been burning my lips. I'm like, what the hell? I swear, I just swear it's the toothpaste. I don't know. Mm. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm look, I was just this morning, I was brushing my teeth. I was like, I wonder if there's like a way better, more natural toothpaste than what Hold that using. thought. Keep talking. Hold that thought. <laughs> right. James. <laughs> so I was literally just thinking about that. I haven't thought about deodorant. I don't really like, I definitely do stink if I don't put deodorant on. So. Well, um, I want to get you up to natural. I want to get you up to Auckland because if you're getting that, I'm wondering if it's to do with that what those bloody police people sprayed at you with the fire extinguisher. Oh, I, no, just I don't think it's that. I just think that because I'm a big man, I've just sweated up and oh, it's probably not that. Doesn't I don't mind it, but other people probably don't, don't like No, I was thinking about your lips. I really want to get I want to get you oh. on this this woman who's got this no, it's amazing. The toothpaste. I swear it's a toothpaste. Every time oh. I brush my teeth, I can feel it burning with oh, my lips. Mm. But it hasn't worried you before, so why suddenly mm. is it? So you think, what's the balance well, of my I'll body change. like? Steph probably got a different toothpaste, and I have no idea, so I just grabbed it and started using it. I don't really think that much about these things, Liz. I know you don't. That's why I'm thinking for you, and I want to get you up to <laughs> Auckland. <laughs> John, John, I'm I'm Jacinda. <laughs> yeah, I'm <laughs> I mandate you to fly to Auckland. He's thinking for us. Okay, ready, James? Ready? Here we go. <laughs> so this is like your normal, you know, McLean's this is fluoride this is crap you know it comes out of multiple colors this is the normal sort of thing so that's 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 what you call like conventional and then this one here is so this one's free of um parabens and so any red seal stuff's generally pretty good and this one doesn't have any um fluoride in it so uh you know one step better um, and I particularly like this one. I'll use this one every now and then for like a real fresh, like it really, it's the smokers one. 
And so it's like really like good for your fresh feeling. Yeah. Yeah. But then there's this one here that I use that I buy online and it's, it's out of New Zealand and it's, it's, um, it's called Fontaine all natural tooth powder and it's a powder and, um, and, and it's made New Zealand. As it were. Yeah, it really, it's, so it's, it's, it's calcium carbonate, baking soda, uh, kaolin, zinc, um, and 100% essential oil of peppermint. And that's all it is. And it's really, it's like gritty. So all you do is you put your toothpaste in it dry, just give it a flick under the water and brush. And it's like, it's really. Jono, I need to stop you here. Just for, I've got to just a synchronicity. So this morning when I was brushing my teeth, I was no shit thinking. Steph's essential oil kit was sitting right beside the sink. And I was looking at it, I was like, I wonder if I just add a bit of peppermint oil into some bloody solution, whether I could just brush my teeth with that. I literally <laughs> just thought of that. <laughs> you could, man. Get this stuff here. And it goes so far. Like, I bought two of these things, and, and this was at lockdown when I was, you know, preparing. Um, <laughs> I thought I'll buy a bit of that because I'm going to need to. And uh, I'm still not even halfway through the first um, container. Do, what do you do with it? Do you put it on your toothbrush or how does it work? Just put your toothbrush in it, dry, and um, look at that. Whoa, and then you wet it before you put the toothbrush in your mouth. That's what I do. Yeah, you don't want to wet it too much because it'll rinse all the stuff off. But it's, um, yeah, it's real out of it. It's not like a real, you know how we love the, like, taste of toothpaste and we love that, like, fresh feeling. But, like, people were obsessed with smelly dishwashing. I mean, or your dishwashing liquid and but mainly um, clothes, you know, washing powder. Um, it doesn't have that. So that's where this comes in. Every now and then I feel mm. like a nice little hit. Mm. I give myself a little treat. That's really good. Teeth by Jono. And you've got good teeth. Give us a... No, us... I don't have... Well, I didn't have good teeth. I've been in lots of fights. So I've got missing teeth and I've got ah. fake teeth. These ones here, fake that one there, black, from thinking it was a good idea to take on a Golden Glove boxer when I was 15 years old. <laughs> yeah. At a party. I'll never do that again. Oh, my God. I don't believe you have fake teeth, Jono. There's nothing fake about you. You're completely authentic in my, in my books. Well, these are not me, these two. <laughs> you've, you've incorporated them. You've incorporated them. Yeah. Man, um, I, I really want to get you up to Auckland. Uh, James, in a very respectful non-Jacinda Ardern way, I'm not going to mandate you. Please come up. I want to. I just want to take you to some people. <laughs> I don't want to um, force you, James, but if you don't, we're going <laughs> to lock you up. If you don't go, I'm going to lock your family up for six yep. months. Seize your bank accounts. That's what. <laughs> did you see that Jacinda Ardern's father has been exposed as having done that? Locked a family in Tokelau up. He's the commissioner or something of Tokelau, some nominal title. He went up and he locked down all the families unless they were jabbed. And one family refused to be jabbed, gutsy people. And they've been locked up for 10 months. It's just come out. How many people live there? Just Not many, but oh my God, I'll send you the article. This guy is so dignified, but he's so sad in his eyes. You can just see like, it is, they're very Christian and they're, and they're finally allowed out of their houses. They're not even allowed to go to church, which really matters to them. And he's still going, I want to forgive you. It's a pretty amazing story. I want to try and get that story out there as well. But it runs in the family. Her father did that on a little Pacific island where there's been zero COVID. It's insane. Oh, far out. That's insane. Not... Insane story. Have, you, have get... any guys seen um, Tane, from, Tane Webster from uh, Voices for Freedom's video of going around asking people if they'll take the new monkey pox back? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. Cracker. <laughs> no, he's a good man, Tane. He, he's a, uh, yeah. He's a good man. Oh, that's good. I was cracking up. Like he goes to these masked up people. Do you want to take the monkey box back vaccine? And they're like, yep, 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 yep. Oh, you know, oh, do you want your fourth booster? Yeah, yep, 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 yep. And then these other normal people are like, oh, I don't know what's in there. I don't want to take that. That was quite <laughs> impressive how like, many people were in there, though. Like how many people nah, he said like... it. He said it's way, he said it. Oh, did you watch the full video? No, just a short one. Uh, the full video, he reckoned it was actually very few people actually wanted to take it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I haven't seen that. I interviewed him a month ago. He's good. He's a thinker. He's a real thinker, isn't He's he? He's quite a good fellow, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's great. So what's on your mind, thinking-wise, James? That was where I, that's where I started. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, that was my thinking. Um, oh, okay. 
about about the cold and I about you were just... gonna think forum Liz. <laughs> Wait a minute. What 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 is even the subject? Well, That's I just the... like to know what's been on your mind in the week, what's been kind of front Cancel of mind. Culture. Ah, there that we go. That has been on my mind big time. Yeah. See how uh, got... and silent if I got a big mark on my eye still. Yeah. That's for rugby. Oh. I just noticed that yesterday. It's been there since Thursday. Is that a sprig mark? Yeah, I think so. Shit, that's a goodie. Oh. I thought it might be your new uh your new um you know tattoo of your of your code, you know, the, the QR code tattoo. Yeah, scare me in. Yep, there we go, done. <laughs> Um, yeah, cancel culture. Uh, just I was involved with. Well, I got asked if I'd like to speak at the um, councilman event when they come down, and I said, yeah, yeah, no worries. Especially, you know, it's in my own um, area, and I don't. To be honest, I don't really actually follow much councilman, or actually, to be honest, I don't really follow much else unless someone really tries to make me watch it because I'm just too busy doing my own thing. Um, and I, I hadn't really even followed. It. I knew they were coming around doing a tour but I didn't really know when it was coming down here and I got asked if I'd go and speak so yeah I said yep no worries and then the first venue cancelled and then the second venue cancelled and then the third venue they tried to cancel them from there as well and I you know when I got up there I asked what's, what the go was and they reckon it was because uh, a certain group I think it was apparently Antifa type group anti-fascism which for some reason these people that say they are one way they actually are the opposite I think the Antifa ones are more fascist than anyone. Anyway, so they That's are cancelling. the truth. That is the truth. Look at yes. what fascism is. What is the definition of fascism? It's but like anyway. Uber um, control. Uber control of what you can and cannot say. Oh, That's okay. The so the Uber control, anti-Uber control people were controlling what another group of people could say. And they mm. basically got a whole control to go around and get hold of all the trustees of these um like venues like churches and uh, halls and all sorts of stuff and then got them cancelled and the last one they did was out at Henley near the airport um and they tried to get them they said there's a bunch of Nazis having a conversation there basically I think as far as I could gather and then these guys come and talk to them Jono you screen share yeah. Oh, oh, fascism. Hey, cool. what's it mean? Is a form of far right authoritarian ultra nationalism characterized by dictatorial power, forcible suppression of opposition, forcible suppression of opposition. Absolutely. So the left version of fascism is actually called anti fascism. Very odd. But anyway, makes sense. Strong regimentation of society. What the hell? This is exactly what they want. Yeah. Look at this. What, what does that at? say? It's wow. a form of far-right authoritarian... That's just saw World War One as a revolution and brought massive changes to the nature of war, society, and state, and technology. Wow. So that's yeah. another thing I've been thinking about, projection. Absolutely. And wasn't that led by some blooming Green MP? I will never vote for Greens. So, yeah. I will never, ever vote the Greens again. I, the Greens are They have totally betrayed us the people they have totally betrayed us fancy them trying to suppress a free voice what is a democracy if you can't say what you feel who who is the person who decides that's information and that's misinformation who decides is a ministry of truth Liz. Oh. we've already told you this they decide is there is there such a thing let's be really clear here because it's new language misinformation what is it that's the question, Jono. Google it. Okay. Anything well, said by Liz Gunn is misinformation. <laughs> That's right. We're now part of the, the troublesome 12. I told you. I told you I'm, I'm now Liz information. I am misinformation. Liz information. <laughs> okay, we're go what are we Googling? We're Googling misinformation. <laughs> Meaning. Okay, here we go. Here we go. All right. Ah, so what's it saying? Misinformation, and there's no definition under like a Oxford dictionary or anything like that. It's some other one. Um, incorrect or misleading information. Um, According to whom? Well, According right. to whose standards? It, it the definition never holds up. What's the next bit, Jono? Uh, in, so uh, 
indubitably a great deal of paranoid and otherwise irresponsible misinformation about the Kennedy assassination has traveled far and sold well. Um, a muddle of misinformation keeps clad in the debate over hormone replacement therapy for women. These are just quotes. This is ridiculous. This is like straight out of the CIA handbook on how to manipulate po population. Let me tell you something else ridiculous. No. See this? What? Yes. Water. Who owns the water? Uh, well, uh, didn't we sell it? Didn't we sell our water? Well, that's what the government wants. The three waters wants that's to take question, it. You can't own water. It's ridiculous exactly. to own water. Well, you can. It's called three waters. <laughs> what do you yeah. the moldy name for three waters is? It's called that. What a load of shit. It really is. It really is. And and, and what a load of... Oh, by the way, that word was... See this word water really, here? Yeah. This water fell on the roof of my sheds up at the runoff. And it tastes good to me. How dare the, you? The reason I know it's drinkable is because I can drink it and I'm fine. <laughs> well, I don't know about fine, but you know, you're not dead. <laughs> not dead. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'd way rather drink this water that falls onto that shit up there than I would drink anything from town. Yeah. Oh, I can't do it. I have to take my water to go to town. I can't do it. Yeah. Chlorine, what? that's a great idea. Let's put chlorine in the water. And even better, let's take a byproduct of producing uh, superphosphate fertilizer and use it as the fluoride that we add to our water. It's ridiculous. Did you guys see that video? Oh, absolutely. It's uh, what we've been doing. What we've been doing to our land in New Zealand is so bad. I mean, I, I actually did want to focus on, on your study that you sent through and we'll put it up, soil health and nutrient density, preliminary comparison of regenerative and conventional farming. And then what is it? What's the what's the summary of that? Because it's um, paired farms across the United States, mm. one re regen agri and one conventional farming. Not and, convinced I read this. Oh, look at oh, this. Okay. Let me just it's just really basic. OK, so it's yeah. like it's like, you know, there's been a lot of talk about nutrient density, you know, the nutrient makeup of the food that we eat. Mm. And, you know, I'm clear that not all of our nutrients that the body needs and that we ingest from eating food can be quantified via our modern scientific methods i'm just clear that that's the case so even though i love that there's you know a study being done on nutrient density in food i'm also you know of the belief that that's not something we should hold on to as like a, a to prove a point you know like to me it's about just understanding okay how was this food growing uh, you know, what's in the environment that would cause it to be um, either healthy or not healthy. And, and then understanding the basics of, you know, uh, of plant physiology and, and biological interaction to, to basically paint a picture of the, 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 how healthy our food is, like really simply. So there's uh, traditionally it's been said, oh no, you know, and, and, and like one, one of the big cop outs is like, saying about how you know we we produce the most um efficient protein in, in the world and it's like yeah but food is so much more than protein you know food is so much more than like if we stand in the farmer's shoes dry matter it really is um what you mean well crude protein yeah 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 isn't it crazy that, that that there should be more to what animals need to eat in humans than protein and fiber but yep there is and um and the forms of these different compounds are, you know, so complex. It's like, um, you know, everyone talks about in farming, it's like, like the, the MPK and S. And, um, and may I just explain that that's magnesium, phosphorus. Oh, no, 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 nitrogen, not potassium, phosphorus, phosphorus and sodium. And sulfur. Oh, okay. Uh, well, uh, sorry, sulfur. Yeah, not sodium. Um, and, and so what happens is, you know, we've got all these different forms of those things. And, and, you know, nitrogen, there's lots of different forms of nitrogen. And, uh, and, and we, don't, we don't think about the impacts of, of, you know, putting those on. We just think, oh, yep, our science says the plant needs that. Let's put that on and it'll be, it'll be healthy. And it, it, it doesn't paint a, a true picture of, one, what the plant needs and two, what the thing eating that plant needs. 
It's to be like fair, a... it does give the appearance that the plant is quite healthy. I'm not convinced that it actually is that healthy, but I'm well, just the thing is, it, on. it does yeah. seem to want it, and it does eat it, and it does look pretty good. Yeah, that's the thing. Is looking good healthy? You know, that's the thing. Oh, that's I don't the... think so. Maybe, maybe not. Have like, you heard you know, of a diet all... called yeah. the carnivore diet? Yes, definitely. And let's come back. Let's come to that in a minute. But like, I, I just want to paint a picture of the illusion of healthy food because, like, we've all a farm where it's like yeah let's go chuck 100 kgs of urea on right before a rain god it feels good you know man we're gonna soak all of that up and and then you know two weeks later the grass just leaps out of the ground and it looks like a picture but then the cows go and eat it and it's like they eat so much more than you expected and it's like hang on a minute you know and, and it's now you know pretty common knowledge that it's sort of just fake grass What's yeah. that, James? Just, oh, just, just the cows yesterday on that grass. I put all that nitrogen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's so like freaking love it. it. It looks good. What, well, James? It's yeah, do they love it? It's because it's all you're giving them. So it's, uh, did they really love uh, it? Or is it? Listen, to this they got a diverse diet. So first, I just take them off. I let them have their baleage. They've got oats with ba oat baleage. They got a bit of straw. A wee bit of fodder bit, so they have a wee munch on that, and then during the night, I take them off and I let them onto the grass, and they go and have the grass and um some more fodder bit, and they just seems to have a great, they're having a field day. Mm, mm. Yeah, it's like a, it's like literally a kid in a candy store. All the like, sugar. Not, this, <laughs> clearly, I haven't started my no, my regen egg, egg um, <laughs> thing, but I, I have been thinking about it, what it would look like. I wouldn't have to do that because they'd have well, a hey, they don't live on fodder beet. You've, you've got one, there's a farm not far from here that, that they've got our ones that live on fodder beet, and I can smell it from here. It's about 10k it away. It smells fishy. Oh, it stinks. Just what you does know, methane and ammonium. That's what it smells like. Um, it's fishy, eh? I don't know about fishy, maybe like off fish. Yeah, like, no, like I mean, like it's a. Not a, it's not a nice smell. No, it's not so a nice why smell. does it smell, Jono? Why does it smell so bad? Well, anaerobic soils, for a start, produce these compounds that, like, you know, anaerobic bacteria produce a lot of, you know, greenhouse gas, essentially. And then also you factor in what comes out of the animal with that diet is a lot of methane. Um, and it oh, just, that's that thing that cows fart a lot. So, so with a good diet, they wouldn't fart as much. Is that what you're saying? Well, the fat composition is different. Yes. Ah. Yeah, and, and, and yes, with fat less. Like after, after a it's like meal. anything. If you give them the right balance of stuff, it's definitely a lot better for them. And then if you give them just like one, it's just like if you eat one thing in moderation, it's usually all right for you. But if you go eat only that one thing, it can upset your stomach. I don't know. Yeah, it sounds a bit like you might be giving your cows kind of the fast food equivalent of human beings. So, I, is yeah. is well, James sort them, of giving them giving them McDonald's and I'm trying to get them to fat condition <laughs> by the end yeah. of the month. They are literally which it does that really well. Fodder beet puts weight on cows. That's um, my skinny mob, by the way. Yeah, fodder beet really? puts weight on cows. That's my skinny, Jono. But yeah. then, Jono. I love the way you're both moving today. We had we had an empty room from Jono. <laughs> He's gone. Jono, wait a minute. See this? That's <laughs> this is where we get rid of this light here. Ah. Yep, nice. Okay. So Jono, I want you to explain what is James doing? Is he giving them kind of KFC? And 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 McDonald's is that what he's doing a bit? More like ice cream. Getting quick results. More like ice yeah, cream. Maybe maybe ice cream. Maybe an afternoon ice cream. Um, yeah. Look, sugar beet, fodder beet, it contains a lot of sugar, sugar. <laughs> and, okay. and, and very little else. Like, as nutrient density of a of fodder beet is very low. Um, and it, you know, it does present a lot of issues like, uh, you know, phosphorus deficiency is one of them. Um, you know, it's no one that having young animals on fodder beet promotes really poor bone strength and development. Like there, there were farms here in the Canterbury Plains in, in the previous couple of years that had, you know, hundreds of animals with broken shoulders and it was, you know, linked back to fodder beet as a young animal. Um, look, and, and the fodder beet, you know, it, it grows a lot of feed. I've, I've personally grown a lot of fodder beet when I was farming. Um, and I, I 
I thought it was awesome, like puts weight on cows, you know, you can, you can do things with it, you can lift it, you can um, feed it in situ, you can grow, you know, 30 ton crops on, on good, you know, irrigated ground. It's like, it paints a pretty like great picture if you're painting by numbers. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just not enough to, to it's like an illusion of, of uh, although it puts weight on a cow, that the unintended side effects are starting to rear their head now and, 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 and it's just what's, what's coming out and, and it's pretty clear and even coming out of studies out of Lincoln University is that, um, you know, too much beet has really long lasting effects on the health of a cow and that's um, more prevalent as if they get fed it uh, younger and if they get a high percentage of their diet as beet. So what James is doing is actually really good. Yeah, a third. Yep, yep. So um, the, the data coming out of, uh, out of Lincoln was 28% um, is, is considered to be um, reasonably safe, 28% of the daily diet. Any more than that, they're at a pretty high risk. I can't remember the exact statistics. This is going back five years ago. Um, and at 28%, they suggested that it needed to be fed in two feeds, so not all at once. Um, but, you know, studies are only as good as the answers, as the questions being asked. So I'm not big on just relying on that. But um, I think what you're doing is, you know, strides ahead of others where, where you've got animals living on fodder beet but um no they the good thing about what you're doing james is they i mean they have a place to lie down they have a place to you know they get in their fiber they get in their supplement and um you know they're not living in mud well, i just have a bit too much left over because to be fair during the drought was one of the only things that actually grew <laughs> mm. <laughs> it was pretty bad <laughs> i was like holy yeah. shit so we ended up with heaps of fodder beet or sugar beet and then not a, not as much oh we, everything come away now at the end but it's just sort of we're just got to use it up now to make sure we you know so we're better off giving it to them at sort of a third or you know we're not far around that 28 percent probably 30 odd percent mm. um it's nice. not exactly science with uh feeding it's just sort of a bit of wastage and that comes into involved but we're trying to aim for about five kilo fodder beet mm -hmm. five kilo grass and five kilo of uh baleage and straw in that fiber so yep See, nice. ever since I did your course, Jono, which was a couple of weeks ago, I just find this fascinating. I'm listening to farming reports. I'm, I'm really tuning in. I'm <laughs> questioning things. I'm thinking, because anybody who thinks, oh, this is just farming talk, New Zealand is a farming nation. We need to honour our farmers. We need to tune in with our farmers. We need to understand. And if you think, oh, no, it's not my business because I live in the city. Well, you eat the food that is the result of how we farm. So if you eat, what would it be, Jono, if, if someone uh, feeds their cows fodder beet all the time and the cows are, are weak and we get the milk or the meat from those animals, then it's not nearly as nutrient dense either, is it? The, no, no. It's, it it's affects really, the whole food chain. They can actually do quite well, don't they, Jono? It's quite odd. They well, yeah, like, the parameters that we measure for sure, like, like they, you know, they can milk really well, they can you know, get them on a rising plane of or rising plane of nutrition really well. Um, I suppose yeah. it's like a bodybuilder. Those bodybuilders yes. look pretty damn good, but are they that healthy? A lot of them well, steroids make healthy. a bodybuilder look good. What's that? Yeah. Ste steroids make a bodybuilder look good. Oh, now. yeah, I'm not saying, but even if they just eat the right stuff and do the exercise, they do get pretty bulk, mm. like even without steroids, but then they die quite often in their 40s or 50s. You're like, okay, maybe it's not too... Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's not. Too it's a deep rabbit hole, eh? Like it's a really deep rabbit hole. It's fascinating. Like, I reckon James is James has got a good metaphor there. I knew a guy who bodybuild, and he had all these show muscles, but he was a really weak character, and he went around taking money from women, and particularly solo solo mothers. He was a really revolting character. He was a characterless guy. Whereas I look at someone like Steve, who's got deep inner character, and his outward body kind of shows that strength that's in him. But it's yeah, real. I was trying to jack up an arm wrestle with Steve with me. I'm like, no, thank you. There's different types of fitness. Like, um, and that's why, you know, a lot of dairy cows, you chuck them on the hill, you know, they 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 can really struggle with that. But like I want to take you to a time where I took a, a mate of mine hunting and uh and big, big fella, big, like, you know, buff gym junkie. And, um, and I'm thinking to myself, he's going to be great for, you know, using as a pack horse. I'll just throw the animals on him. I had to wait for him. I had to, and I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm not exactly the benchmark of, of health and fitness. And um, 
yeah, the, uh, diff, different kind of, you know, looked like he could lift and, and be, you know, really fit. And I was thinking, I'm going to have to really lift my game up here. And I, it was the other way around. I had to wait. Um, so, yeah, definitely a lot, a lot of people where it's like all show and, mm. and not a lot of go. You find out pretty quick on the rugby field because on the rugby field, there's not really many places you can hide, especially in scrumming. So I love going against a big muscle-bound pro. I generally just absolutely destroy them. <laughs> um, and I haven't done a single bit of weightlifting, not for, like, basically. I've got a gym out of my garage and I've never used the thing. Like, use but you're a farmer. Like, farmers are just fit, you know, generally. Yeah. It's like you're throwing tyres off the silage pit, you, you know. It's um, a different kind of fitness, eh? It's functional fitness is what I'd call it. Like Absolutely. we went up again south and stags props the other day, like a whole front row full of them. And these farm boys from the country just absolutely endo them. We pushed them into the parks, like honestly, we just drove them back that fast. They rammed into the goalposts. I've never done that before. And that's supposed <laughs> to be our Southland NPC team. I was like, far out. But like, that's, they're just like, one of them, I heard him say, oh shit, he's strong. Because I come off the bench because I've just been helping out. And one of my mates that I played 100 games with, plus he's just like laughing. He's just like, this guy has no idea who he just went up against. <laughs> It's so funny you should say that, man, because um, when, we're, when we're kids, when I played for Union, we had a um, rugby club out in Napara, um, not far from that Enfield Fort where you guys went the other day. Where and, I um, arm wrestled James. Excuse oh me. Right? <laughs> I'm, st I'm still having physiotherapy for that. <laughs> but we, we, we'd played, there was these teams in town, um, Old Boys in particular and Excelsior were two of the real big, strong teams. And in town, they would own us if we played them in town. But they come out to our field, our paddock, and it was grazed by sheep. You know, we didn't have mowers. They, <laughs> ours were grazed by sheep. And so in the basin, for anyone that knows where the Napara rugby grounds are, it's, it's, it doesn't see the sun until quite late in the day. So we'd get hard, hard frost. We'd get these town teams coming out to our, our grounds and playing on the hard I don't want to go to ground. With sheep shit frozen like marbles. And man, we could just take them to Pound Town. Like it was just like boof on the ground, and the, oh, you know. <laughs> but in town, they would they would smash us. So yeah, definitely environment and and fitness and adaptation to our environment is pretty you know pretty important. It's like I've got this team I coach, Bronson's team, and he's um, he's nine. Uh, he turned nine in January. And it's under 11, so he's still the youngest. He's the only one born in 2013, but he's born in the, the sort of start of 2013. And he played that grade last year. So he's, the, he's almost a year younger than everyone in that grade this year, but he played it last year. And he is one of the biggest in the grade. Like, honestly, he's huge. Have you seen him, Liv? I, I've seen a photo of him on your cup, but I I'm looking forward to meeting him. He's a monster. And you see these parents going oh he can't be playing on this grade he's too big and I'm like he's younger than everyone like and he he is angry man he just like tries to smash them um and I've taught this little team I've got the my team are just little mongrels because I've just showed them how to smash each other and then they got out there the other day I was pissing out of rain and the other team my team are just black they're all covered in mud they just smash into them smash them to the ground drag them down and then the other team were all still in there you could see the colors because they hadn't actually dived on the ground and got amongst it it's quite funny. I thought it's just the typical. I don't know. It's just it's just the environment they're teaching. They just if you teach them to go hard and show them what to do, they just sort of they know what to do. But it's just the other people haven't really. I have a massive issue with um, some of the coaches from other teams because like I'm trying to. I've played rugby for 25 years, and I'm trying to teach the kids how to play rugby, right? And the other teams, some of the other coaches are teaching the kids how to play ripper. Oh, how to play B grade which is the game of rugby they're playing now, but it's not actually rugby. It's it's a version, it's like the difference between sevens and fifteens. It's definitely not the same thing they'll be playing when they grow up. So they teach them how to play this crappy game. They don't teach them the rules of actual rugby. And I teach my kids the rules of rugby. And at half time the other day, my kids were telling me, oh, oh coach, coach, they're not, when, when, they're, when we're getting our knees to the ground, they need to release us so we can play the ball. The other team has no freaking idea that's the rules. Like They just don't know. And even the coach probably doesn't even know. So he doesn't teach them the right, the right rules from a young age. Why is that happening, James? Why is he? Why is I, the coach doing that? Uh, I think it's because they're trying to make them better. They're trying to make them win that grade, but winning that oh, grade realistically no. means nothing because being real good at under 11s means absolutely. I know oh, no, it's good to win. I like winning as well, but 
the other day I played against this team and they had 11, uh, we had 10 players and they had 14. And I said, oh, we'll even them up. And then, you know, so no one has to sit on the bench because it's pretty boring. And he gave us one. So he had 13 and we had 11. And he, they were pumping us because they were just, they weren't playing rugby. They were cheating. Like, they're not cheating because they don't know they're cheating. They're just doing the wrong rules. And I try to call the rules reasonably, definitely not exactly like normal rugby because I just pull a penalty every time, but I try and teach them the basis of rugby when I'm refing. Um, but this other team, the coach was swearing off his, off the sideline, going nuts at me because I didn't call the head high, apparently. And I said, no. mate, I just went up to him. I said, I've been coaching for, I've been playing rugby for 25 years. I do not need your input on how to ref a game. I said, if you want to, you can come do it. Otherwise, shut the F up. And then this lady on the side, they go, just get back to the game. I said, I will, and you shut the fuck up. James. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now we're going to have all the little trolls. Oh, toxic, toxic. But you see, what I love about you, James, you're really honest and you, you come from that real college. It was a lady. It just made it, it was just someone like, it was just anyone. Because what he'd done is he's teaching them, he was teaching the sideline. When the coach from another team's yelling at the ref, What's it teaching the parents? They're going to start yelling at the ref as well. It's not acceptable to yell at the ref. They're doing, they're volunteering their time to help your kids play rugby, and, and yeah. they're sending out the rain and all this crap. You can't yeah. just yell at. Like, I was just like, you're not even. I wasn't even doing it. There was nothing wrong with the call. That's the problem. Like, the call was actually right. I don't know what they. Yeah, they were just yelling because it wasn't the way they wanted the call to go, and they were winning. They had two extra players. They were cheating for a start, and then they're still complaining. I was like, well, can you just? what are you talking about how can this be so i set my team down the end this is the the point i was trying to get at my team was way bit disheartened because they weren't used to losing because they usually win but because this team had two extra players they weren't really going to be able to win oh well they could have but just they didn't quite get it together um and i sat them down the end i got them on a knee and we said you know i said guys what team would you rather be on and you know they said oh well we want to win i said yeah yeah but what team would you rather be on the team with 13 players or the team with 11 and they all oh well you know, the 11, we're going to get better. And I said, yeah, that's the thing. that We're getting better. They're not getting better. Two of their players are doing everything for them. The rest of them are doing nothing. Yeah. So that sort of, yeah, it didn't matter that this, it wouldn't have mattered if it was a woman or a man that said, get on with the game. I said, I'll get on. Because like, you can't just let, allow the, when the parents start yelling at the coaches, it ends up becoming pretty bad. Like it can become fights and stuff because yeah. you're supposed to be, there's like these rules, you're supposed to stand so far back. And it's, you're definitely not allowed to yell at the ref. <laughs> Yes. And the coach, it's, the coach from the other team should know because I was refing as well as coaching. So, because not many of the coaches actually want to ref because they can't be bothered running around with kids, but I quite like it. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, just, obviously, my upbringing, you know, that you wouldn't um, swear like that to a woman. But then I think, well, she's probably been pretty aggressive. And I know I swear a lot like that over the kitchen sink to our dern. So I guess I'm being a hypocrite there. <laughs> Oh, I didn't. And, to me, I don't think I don't see it as a woman. Like I'm just saying, that someone was basically just being complete ball bag and not actually getting the point of the whole thing was you guys need to stop swearing at the kids. You need to stop yes, yelling yeah. at the kids on the field. Yeah. And it's like shut the f up and we'll have a game. Otherwise, we're just going to sit here and do nothing because that you're teaching your kids to be dis ill disciplined to a ref. It's like for goodness sake. It yeah. went on for quite a while. I didn't just do it on the first time. It was like yeah. half an hour into it. I was like, fuck this. It's really funny because the F-bomb is really, it's really powerful in the right place. And I, you know, you have to be there to know if it's the right place. What do you feel about that, Jono? I think it's painting a really fantastic picture of life lived. And this is the, this is the, the terminology that I, that I use that I've, that I, through, through the training that I've done is like a life lived on the, on the field or life lived on yeah. the stand. And yep. so on the stand, looking in, you can see things going on and the natural thing to do is like judge and yeah and, and but you know really like life down on the field is like completely different you know yep. you're you're in the game you're seeing things that others can't and you know and 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 the key thing here is like a no amount of yelling from the stand will actually impact the game mm. or the only thing that's going to impact the game is when the players you know, take action mm. or the ref, the ref's on the ground too. But like, uh, and, and last night, you know, I had a really powerful interaction with Ruby um, from the stands and I had to really notice myself. So she was, 
she went out and was checking gates and i and i went into like judge mode i went yeah. into i went into old manager jono thinking to myself ruby's on a day off and she's going and checking gates and i think to myself I started judging her and 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 you know it's really easy to do like to sit in the stands and judge so really i've got no idea what she's doing you know and and far out she just went out to check a gate but i made it all significant and started to judge and i probably became a bit like that woman that was you know trying to influence the game from the from the stands and then i then i when i noticed it i had to you know swallow that and say to ruby hey look you know i i I see that it really doesn't work for me to to judge. You know, I I fell back into old behaviors around management, thinking to myself, far out. If like what was there for me it was like if if the manager's got to go check gates at night, you know, are the staff doing their job properly? And then click, that's the none of my that's none of my business. The gates were shut. Yeah. Do you know what it was? What? Ruby wouldn't have been able to sleep if she didn't go check the gate. Yeah, yeah, all of that stuff, exactly. It was always probably going to be shut, but she just had it in the thought and her head. Shit, they might yeah. have forgot their gate. And yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. And far out, any farmer that's listening to this can relate to that. We've all done it. Head hits the pillow. Oh God, bloody gate, you know. So anyway, I had to swallow it. I had to say, shit. Okay, um, I can see that it doesn't work for me to judge you from, you know, the house because that's or the stands you know sitting in the stands judging doesn't work doesn't leave you empowered to do what you're doing on the ground more effectively or you know anything like that it just mm -hmm. creates this division and then you know and then and then ruby became a bit like james was like defensive or offensive you don't know you're just you know just shut the f up that's if my you yeah well it was a bit it wasn't like that but it was definitely like heated it was definitely like, um, you know, you, you don't know. And it's true because I don't. I'm sitting on the stands, for goodness sake. So I had to be like, right, yeah, no, I can see that and and just let it go and and created a new possibility for that area, which was, I said to Ruby, if I can feel, because there are, I, I feel I get disconnected and judgmental when I'm doing that. And and I don't want that. And, and you know, she was really clear with me that it didn't work for her either. That, that doesn't leave her empowered. So I said, look, if I notice, if I notice that I'm going to, you know, do something about it and I'm going to, you know, I'm committed to not acting on that and actually not being, you know, uh, disconnected, not being judgmental because it doesn't empower me either. Mm. And, um, and we just left it. It was really quite cool. And it was a good 30, 40 minute conversation around the dinner table that did get uncomfortable, but just, you know, keep communicating, keep communicating. I kept looking at my actions, you know, because that's the most, you know, that's all really we should be doing is looking at our own actions. And, you know, I could really see that I created that because of my judgments. And I just said, you know, let's, um, let's create that, you know, each of us do what we need to do with our careers and we don't judge each other. Mm. You know, we just, we just do what, and she shared with me what it was like for her parents when she was a kid, uh, you know, her dad was farming and sharing and um, her mum was, owned a shop in town you know she has a shop thing in in town and both very busy human beings and she said you know they never judged each other for what they had to do you know it's like if mm. she said if mum had to go into the shop at night and and take a sample for a client it was like dad's like right what do you need what what do i need to do and if dad had to go and check a mob of bulls at night um, you know, Ruby's mum was right there. So I was like, wow, okay, I can see that's much more powerful. So that's what we created. It's just being supportive of each other and what we each need to do. And um, and we're gonna let go of judgment. But I also left in the space when we finished the conversation was like, let's um let's look at how we can communicate our observations in a way that doesn't make the other person wrong. So it still could be like a contribution. Like, hey, I'm seeing this. Have you saw? Have you seen anything about that? And mm -hmm. and we brought it up in the space of parenting, because um, you know, I'm really interested in Ruby's thoughts on my parenting, because she's basically you know a parent figure for well, she is a parent figure for for um our two my two children, and so um, I said to her, you know, if, if you've got anything you want to say about my parenting, like I want to make sure that there's space to say it, and you don't need to worry about how I'll feel. 
the most important thing is that you communicate um you know anything if there's something there for you to communicate that you can communicate that to me that's a powerful relationship even if it's confronting like real confronting i still think it's important that we say it but it's how we say it that's that's you know the 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 the, the difference between it going powerfully or it going like we all know they can down the gurgler and fighting and arguing in defense and blah 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 this it's... is this, the, the reason i thought well because i'm not usually that aggressive to be fair um but the reason it kind of pissed me off because the way he's talking to his own kids on his own team as well was pretty mm. bad it was shocking so mm. i sort of like it felt that he was really so this character is really getting stuck in. I think he's just getting, he was passionate. Well, he said, he actually said, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just real passionate. And I was like, well, there's a difference between passionate and then actually like pushing these kids down. Cause he was like recording um, every last play facet of rugby, like you're a super rugby coach. Like that is unnecessary at that level. You're trying to teach them all how to play rugby, trying to let them all have a good time. And, but he, you know, he just wasn't worried about that. It's who scored the most tries, who made the most tackles, who did this? And it's like, well, some of them are only just starting out their career, like not their career, but their, what well, is a career, I suppose. Um, they're just having fun. Yeah, they're just having fun. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm like the worst person at wanting to win. Like, that's one of my, like, strengths is winning, like, competition is I want to always win. But it, sometimes it just comes down to, are you actually winning in the long run? Like, teaching these kids to be real good at B grade, is that actually winning in the long run in the long game where the long game is teaching them to be the best player like i'd love to coach one of those kids for them to be a all black or a black firm that would be winning for me because they learned those basic skills when they're at that age that would, i'd be really proud but having them being the leading try scorer under 11 means absolutely jack shit to me i think that's the biggest joke ever it's like mate look <laughs> and and you know even even beyond that teaching them to be the best version of themselves that they can be which you exactly. know i think um, I look at the All Blacks now, not one has stood up through this two years and spoken up. And, and one of them, you know, I have That's this interview point. with his sister and, and it got silenced, you know, it got shut down. And that is not a good thing. That is not a good look for me that um, no All Blacks have brought out the best of themselves as men. Jono, what you said before is really beautiful, by the way. A lot of families are struggling with those sorts of communication issues. And I think um, just the, just it's not just the way you speak actually I think what you offered Ruby was a real willingness to listen and you heard her out I can't wait to meet Ruby she's obviously feisty she's clear with her with with what her needs are and she's she just sounds like my kind of woman really really clear with her healthy boundaries and things um but I, I also loved what you spoke before about not judging as even James, as you were saying that, immediately I judged, oh, you can't say that to a woman. And then I went, oh, yeah, but, you know, some of those people on the sidelines can be vicious man, men and women and really interfering. And I, I follow tennis and I've just watched in the world tennis scene how weak all the referees are. They never stand up to these bully, out of control, bratty players. And I think it's great if you modeled that. I, you know, and you're the one on the field, as Jono said. It's all very well for me in the stands to go, oh, no, you can't do that. But as I was listening to you, I went, yeah, James wouldn't do that without reason, without... Oh, no, without... I didn't just go lose my, lose my shit for no reason. I was just... Yeah. It was the way she, like, chopped back because I, I just said, can you play... I was real... I was actually real calm the way I, when I first approached her. I said, can you... You know, I've been playing rugby for 25 years. I do not, not need you yelling from the sideline. Yeah. You're setting a bad example. Basically, is what I was trying to get across. And I try not to use any bad language in that time. And this lady just piped in like, oh, if you just carry on riffing, we'll just carry on with the game. And I was just like, I will when you fuck up. <laughs> but that was just, I was just like, it wouldn't have mattered if it was a lady or a man. I don't think a man would have had enough balls to do that at that time because they might, have, might not have paid off too well for them. But I think the only other thing for me is you are also, you are also a model to the kids there. So that's... It's a really interesting one. Your strength and you're giving those parents a line is really important, but you're also modeling to, to the kids. So mm. it's always a, it's always a. It I wasn't mean, an earshot of the kids, put it that way. And oh, that's good. It was, yeah, I'm not yeah. that stupid. I do understand what my, yeah. what my role is, but mm. um, yeah, it was just sort of the, that's why I sat them down at the end of the game. That was the most, most important part of the whole thing because they were a wee bit deflated because of the actions of this other coach. Like, for a start, if you've got an extra two players and you're going on about and you're going nuts at everyone, especially your own team because they're not doing good enough, even though they've got two extra players, you're making my team feel real bad. And it's just it's, it's just ruining their self esteem. It's like, 
when I sat them down, they actually all felt real pumped up. And the parents come over and said, thanks for that at the end. Like, that's what, that was what they took out of that whole game, that five minutes at the end when you talked to them and told them, you know, what they achieved out of that was what actually, what yes. taught them, what there was the lesson they learned. Not the game, it was that five minutes. And that's, like, I wouldn't normally do that. But at that moment, it felt right to, I realised I lost my call wee bit. So I sort of wanted to make sure that they <laughs> understood that it's not okay to lose your call. Um See, that's what would you cool. do differently, James? If you yeah. what would what would you do differently? To be fair, I'd still reckon I'd tell that woman to get fucked. Like honestly, it was pretty rude what she'd done. Like she you was feel, just um, like a, there was a diminished sense of power when you said that. No, because I was, I was just like there was like they were getting quite aggressive towards the kids and the it, they needed to know that was the line. I could have used mm. some better language, but in that moment when you're running around with the kids, it's just they needed to because it can turn into scraps they have fights on the sidelines because people are getting too aggressive and they can't you can't be treating people like oh i could have definitely you could always handle situation better but in that in that sort of heat of the moment it was sort of i think it was the right thing that happened had happened if i just let that woman have her snarky we comment they're just going to carry on yelling on the sideline weren't they she didn't listen she that was the problem she wasn't listening to the whole the thing was stop yelling from the sideline. You can either get on here ref or shut up. Mm. Which when you're on the sideline, that is you're cheering. You're not bloody screaming. Oh, that's a head eye. That's a knock on. That's a because if you try, you need to try and ref kids rugby. Then you'll understand what patience is. Oh, I think it'd be horrible. Some of those parents on the sidelines are monsters. Oh, it's the monsters. skill level as well. Because some of the kids, you got to remember, there's a massive. Some of them are like Bronson's only nine. Some of them are uh, nearly. Some of them are 11 and, you know, nearly 12 or whatever. And so there's a huge difference in skill level. on Was the she the one saying like, that Bronson was too old for the team, that he looked oh, too no, old? Oh, no, she wasn't saying that. Wasn't that there's just other, you can hear other parents because he's real aggressive as well. Like he actually tries to smash them. Like when he gets the ball, he makes this like ball sound. He wants to run them over. He's like, and he runs it and he just steamrolls into them. Because I, I told him, because he's not as skillful as him. He's a wee bit too young. He hasn't quite got his beard. Like, he just hasn't quite got the coordination. So I sort of said, well, you haven't got the coordination, but you've got the size. So just use your size, which he does really effectively and, like, really just wants to hurt people. See, the amazing thing about this is any of those woke people listening to this, they'd be going, oh, my God, this is toxic masculine. This is what we have to get out. But I can see that this is this is what we he's learning he's in a process of learning how to be a, a warrior who uses his warrior energy properly isn't he and he depends on the men around him to train him to to use that in a way that's healthy that's but we need men field. with warrior energy we need on warrior a, men yeah men do have this natural and women i think but people have this natural aggression sometimes you want it if you can go out there and use it on a on a sports field where you, you can follow the rules of the game not necessarily go out there to hurt people, but go out there to to do the best you can at the game, and you get to you use that aggression up in a focused manner. It's quite positive, mm. and it, it stops this crap in a part in a pub, and these people have all this built up aggression, and they go and punch someone like and kill them or something stupid. It's like mm. that's unnecessary in a rugby game. When you shake each other's hands at the end of the game, that's when it finishes. Mm. You don't go. It doesn't carry on into the into the sidelines. You don't. That's what that's what those people need to learn. That I think the people that are yelling from the sideline haven't actually played rugby and don't understand what it's all about. Like just because you're scrapping someone on the field after you, you shake their hand and you say, "Oh, good game, mate." That's what you say. You, that's what happens in those things. It's not often that that doesn't happen. Um, and that's I, the whole. You leave it on the field, and it 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 happens. It's a big thing. Like I don't know. That's 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 discipline because you're leaving. Yeah had your aggression, you played your game, and then you, the game's finished, you walk off the field and you say, and you shake people's hands and you say, we're done. We're, you buy them a beer. You know, like that's, that's all it is. That's what happened with the kids' competition Steve Oliver had for jiu-jitsu. It was amazing, really pushing hard and then, you know, doing their best and getting one on the mat and he gets out from under and he gets on top of the other one. You think, oh, my God, they're going to come off and hate each other. And then at the end, they congratulate, hands in the air, you know, and they, they go off talking discipline. like mates. It's amazing discipline. Like, Jono, what would you have done? Answer you. Why, why don't you try and answer your question? What would you have done differently if you'd been James? Oh, I'm not going to. It's not. I wasn't there. Yeah. That's there's the thing of the stand and on the field. Yeah, yeah it's right. Yeah, it's yeah. a good answer. 
that's a really good answer no James I think you know I I think you you have that kind of wonderful self-questioning brain where you'll just sit with that and you'll go what would I do differently next time is there anything you're so smart you'll 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 think that through but John is right who, well, it who was else can judge him at the time it was yeah it was, it was anything from at the time and he's dealing with it like he's responsible for it yeah you know is. there's a lot of people that will do something and they're ashamed to do it and they'll try and hide it or cover it up it's like yeah. not James he's he, he he did what he did and he's open about what he did and he stands by what he did yeah. And he's responsible for what he did. So, you know, respect for that. And and at no point, James, did you go, it was only because of her that she made me do it. You never have that mealy mouth language. You just take responsibility. That's good. Oh, no, that, that's good. what I was meaning. Like, it, to me, it wasn't because it was a woman. It, was, it would have just been anyone that said that because they didn't take the whole point was they didn't get the point. That was what the issue was. <laughs> the point was stop yelling at the kids because we're trying to play rugby and you're ruining it. Yeah. And this woman, by what she said get on with it like yeah she didn't yeah. get the point was well, shut up like literally you're, you're the problem not it's not this guy it's all you guys and it was mainly because this guy lacked leadership he hadn't like if i had if one of my parents that they wouldn't dare do it but if one of my parents did do that i'd be right up i'd get stuck into them because it's like that's not on you don't you're yelling at the rest yep um and there's a bit of a difference from going oh crap oh and you know they're wrong or something. it doesn't matter like it's just freaking kids rugby who cares and that I think people need to stop being so soft. Like it's just they let everything offend them. It's like just harden up. Like we've just got let them be kids. Let them sometimes they'll get hurt, sometimes they'll be fine. Pick them up, brush them off, and you know, let teach them a lesson. Don't just sit there and cry about stuff. Not really helping the situation, is it? I love it. What a good conversation. I mean, it's and and even what John has said earlier I'm just still sitting with that Jono that that's going to help couples who are scrapping and being at each other and picking at each other and judging mm. maybe some couple might go I'd oh, have a listen to this and why don't we try that why don't we try letting each other talk and really listening hard because it's not just that that Ruby talked it's that you listen Jono you give her space mm. and you respect her in in what she's saying I mean, that's such, I think it's one of the greatest gifts you can give to that someone you love, mm. listening. And it's not easy because it requires letting go of being right and not many people are willing to do that. Yeah. yeah. That's the hard thing, but, you know. And what's really coming to me as we, you know, wrap this conversation up is that, and, and I'm reminded of some wisdom from Alan Watts, is like, you know, there are times in life where you need rigid, disciplined, you know, um, strong people um and you know there is even a place for violence and then other times we need more flexible more adaptive more process-based people you know a bit like the feminine and the masculine and it's in both both as in all of us all the time yeah. and and you know sometimes that we need one sometimes we need more the other and and neither are wrong and for everyone it's different you know, there's definitely times where in the past, you know, I've gone way, you know, we talked at the start of the podcast where I had teeth knocked out and I've knocked out teeth, like not super proud of that. Um, and it happened. I'm not going to pretend it didn't. Uh, but, you know, now I, I've also had, a I've had situations where, yeah, and sometimes the lesson was don't, you know, <laughs> pick on a golden guard boxer and then other times the lesson was don't be a bully yeah to myself and then and then you know going back to a time at the leaston pub where where i think i might have shared this did i share this and i was doing i'd come in sober from a course and everyone else was drinking they're trying to do one arm press ups and i come in and i can do one arm press ups really easily and then this guy come over like thinking he wanted like he was really aggressive and like ended up like right in my face and and I was just like wow you you really want to fight me don't you and old me would have been like you know like straight in there but this time I just said wow isn't it crazy we've never met and you really have it that you want to hurt me right now I said isn't it crazy and I shook his hand I said my name's Jono I live down at Hearts Creek Farm and turned out he lived on the same road as me and then his father came along thinking there was going to be an altercation and we ended up just chatting, me and this guy. And um, and then the old man, they, they left and the old fella came over and said to me, I think the world would be a whole lot better place if we had a few more of you around. 
you know, because that in that point, what was needed was a bit of understanding. Like normally, you don't know what's happened in his day or something to make him be. You know, he could have just had a bad day, and no, and and I completely get it. Like this guy comes in, I had a shirt on, you know, I was dead sober, and I could have easily, you know, I can understand how he would have thought, "Who's this tosser coming in here? What showing off?" And I can definitely, definitely get that. For sure. And I just wanted him to know that that wasn't there for me. And once he knew that, the fists relaxed and, and we took a step back and we shook hands and we had a beer and he left and his old man came and acknowledged me and thanked me. And it was just like, wow, that, you know, that was pretty cool. And it wouldn't have happened if I had heat butted him. Mm. <laughs> you sure? <laughs> I'm sure. What a beautiful oh, good. way. Come of that. And I didn't oh, leave with the guilt that I used to have. I used to have the guilt. You know, I used to always have the guilt. Every time. Every time I got in a fight. You know, I, I almost felt better getting a hiding than winning. Because I, I felt yuck. I didn't what, feel What nice. was that guilt, Jono? What was that guilt? Oh, that just not nice. Didn't feel nice to see someone hurt because of what I've done. And was it also that feeling, I, I know there's a, I can, I can, I can, there's a better man in me than, than that. I, there, there are other options I could have. No. I don't know. I just hadn't done the learning required to have that view back then, but there was definitely still guilt there. Yeah. I don't know what it was. Uh, I love our conversations. By the way, yeah. do you know that all our conversations are MOA are now up on Spotify? So all <laughs> of them, right from the beginning, Jono. So when really? you're on the tractor, you can listen to them. Yeah. Oh, great, great. Well, yeah, guys, great. I do need to go now. Great to talk. We'll see you next week. I'll be on time next time. We'll get internet issues sorted. And yeah, thanks for being patient with the start this morning, guys. It was lovely. Last word to you, James. Anything you want to say? That was good. Just be a bit more um, compassionate and just think about what other people have dealt with in their day. Probably is quite a good wee step. Like that's Mm. what John is. I think he's getting that there. Yeah. You have the, your self-control to realise that you could be in that situation one day and if you acted in a better way, yeah. Mm. I love talking to you both. Be See you better, next people. week. Get better. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye, guys.